This is Paul. And this is Wayne. Welcome, 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 guys. How's it going, gentlemen? Pretty good. You know, I was at the doctor's office yesterday. Oh, Jesus. And uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> after I checked in, I, I sit down to, to wait to get called back. And uh, this woman with a British accent goes to check in at the desk. And she's, she's, I hear her. And she says, who's the woman who, who called me to remind me about the appointment? And, uh, you know, they're, they're like, um, what? You know, wh- where, where is the lady who called me to remind me about the appointment? And the, the women behind the desk are like, um, we don't have anybody who calls to remind about appointments. That's an automated process. Like, well, I need to speak to the lady who called to re- remind me about the appointment because she called me twice. She called me and she went through her entire rigmarole. And I told her that I was coming. And then I hung up, and then she called me again and goes through her entire rigmarole. And you know, they're like, well, ma'am, that's a that's a computer that called you. And there's a, well, I need to talk to the lady. And they're like, you know what? She's not here right now. <laughs> we'll let her know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I was highly amused by her pronunciation of rigmarole. Rigmarole. She went through her entire rigmarole. (laughs) (sighs) Aaron, things like that are how you create new NPCs for your role-playing game. (laughs) That is exactly where those come from. You know, the the NPC who frequently shows up in my games like, hot enough for you today? That guy lives down the street from me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say that was a, a much more... Friendly, a friendly story than I expected thinking, coming out of. Were you thinking it? Were you thinking it was going to involve something about uh, you know uh, genitals or ass? Is yeah. that what you were thinking? Yeah, it, it typically does. The genitals, yeah. and ass, or in, in, inappropriateness. Yeah, or something you say that leaves your doctor speechless. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's pretty tame. Other than that, I was just highly amused by rigmarole. Rigmarole. I mean, that's like a Hallmark Channel story. so this week on dvd and blu-ray um the new dc animated movie batman hush came out i don't know if you were aware but you watched it well so i have a story there Uh oh and and that's why the 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 thing on the uh the item on our uh our little agenda here says paul's anger knows no bounds Oh, this will definitely involve genitals and ass. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, sadly. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I I paid for my annual DC Universe subscription a while back. And with that paid annual subscription to DC Universe, there were certain expectations that came with it. Original programming, comic books... Things like that. And for the most part, I've not been disappointed with my DC Universe subscription. I was at first just because I had no time to watch any of the stuff. But now but now that I'm, I've watched Titans, Swamp Thing, um, I haven't finished Doom Patrol, but you know, Doom Patrol is available for me to finish. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm getting my money's worth out of this. And, you know, one of, the, one of the things that has been advertised as part of DC Universe is day and date releases with DC animated movies. So, you know, it's not when it's released digitally, 
mind you. It's when it's released on Blu-ray. So, you know, because the digital market now gets movies about two, three weeks before they're released in, in physical media. Right. It's so like right now you can have Avengers Endgame and it hits Blu-ray, I think, next week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, so that's actually been okay for me. Like Gotham by Gaslight came out um, day, day and date. Uh, Justice League versus Fatal Five came out day and date. And then all of a sudden, no Batman Hush this week. Because I, I was excited for it. I had made I had made plans. Did you did you call Dan Didia? Well, so so I I you know I lit some candles, sat down on the couch, ready to watch some some Batman Hush. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, where, where, where's the vanilla scented candles, Paul? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like like I'm in my college dorm, <laughs> some some Yankee candle. <laughs> or whatever the off brand is they sell at Walmart. Paul uh, was all ready to romance himself and watch some Batman, Batman Hush. Hush. The, the love story between Batman and Catwoman. <laughs> A glass of red wine. <laughs> and alas, no Batman Hush. So I reached out. I'm like, hey, Twitter, ha- you know, at DC Universe, what's up? I thought you did day and date releases. You know, when will Batman Hush be released? And I heard dick all. Nothing. No response. Poor customer service, DC Universe. And so I've still not seen the movie. So that, that and was. You don't, have a, you don't have a response or any information as to why it hasn't been uh, no. available? No. Huh. And what day nothing. was this? Um, Tuesday. Huh. Yeah. That's some bullshit. Yeah. Like I mean, that is they 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 announced the the day and date releases, you know, and they there's only been like three releases since. You're right. So, you know, where is my day and date release of Batman Hush? Huh. Yeah, kind of annoying. And so I mean, so I really want to see the film. So I did end up buying it, but I, I it it arrives in the mail today from Target. So. Because, but I've been, you know, it's been nice to not buy these movies. I love, yeah, sure. you know, because I've been picking them up in Steelbook Edition, you know, because I'm a completionist. But 90% of the movies have been shit over the last, right. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say 90. I would say <laughs> probably 50% of the movies have been shit over the last well, few the, years. The Fatal Five movie was good this year. It was. Uh, I, the, I strongly yeah. enjoyed that. Death of Superman was good. Uh, I think the first part, I like of- the first part. The second part, not as much. That's what I'm saying. Death of Superman was good. Oh, Rain yeah. of Superman not. <laughs> Death though was good. But uh yeah, so I'm I'm rather annoyed that like I'm that they don't respond to I mean, I know it's just Twitter, but still, you know. Still, they should be monitoring their uh Yeah, their social yeah. accounts for, for questions such as that. Like, hey DC Universe, I know your app is down. That's how you reach your audience is through your social, right. you know, accounts. I completely so. agree. So have you like Googled that to see if there's an explanation for it. I did. Well, I I did the the same day, but I haven't. I, there was nothing. Okay. I, I I think that sucks. Yeah, it is kind of annoying. Yeah. The comics are available on DC Universe, <laughs> but that's not <laughs> what I want. So I'm rather annoyed at it. Um, I'm looking well, forward to yeah. watching the movie, but still. Well, I you know I I hate to hear that sort of performance in. Uh, in uh, your DC universe, yep. but uh, Paul, your answer is it'll come out on August 11th, uh, August 13th. Oh, so it's not day and date. They're delaying it to get those first week sales. 
apparently. Well, motherfucker, uh, then why did I buy it? <laughs> have you opened it up? I have not. No, yet. you haven't got it yet. Well, no, so you can return it then. That's true. I, I ordered it from Target, so I could return not it. That, not that you will return it, but that uh, you could. But I could. It's an Instead, option. you're going to let it sit in the cellophane on your shelf, and you'll watch it when you stream it on your uh, DC universe. Exactly. So, you know, who's poised not to disappoint is uh, the all-new Disney Plus service that uh, will start streaming, I believe, on November 12th of this year. That is correct. And earlier this week, they announced the bundled price. Like, you can get, you can just straight up get your Disney Plus for $6.99 a month starting in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to bundle it with Hulu and ESPN... You can get all three of those services for the low, low price of twelve ninety nine a month. Now, I am not somebody who is at all interested in ESPN. In fact, if you could carve ESPN <laughs> out of my cable lineup, I would I would dearly love that. But I got to tell you, that matchup of Disney and Hulu, fuck yeah. Yeah, and that's a, <laughs> I mean, honestly, combined, that's a good price. Yeah. Now, yeah. you're getting base I mean, Hulu, right? You're getting commercial Hulu, but still. I did I would, not realize you were getting commercial Hulu. That is less attractive to me. <laughs> I'm sure there's an option that's maybe $14.99 that's yeah. commercial-free Hulu. Yeah, I'm not overly excited about getting Hulu, too, because I already get it free from uh, Sprint. But that is a really good deal for getting all of them together. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will tell you, so th- this is probably a good place to tell you, well, we're in public and you can't berate me for it. <laughs> that I like will that's gonna protect you. <laughs> that I will not be available to podcast uh, two weeks from now on August twenty fourth. And why is that? Well, because I will be at D twenty three Expo in Anaheim, oh, California, yeah. where they will be doing um, you know first looks, and apparently they're going to have some type of special deal at D twenty three Expo, so that for early adopters of uh, uh-huh. of this Disney Plus thing. So I will report back. And, and honestly, well, you can just follow me on YouTube and our Instagram feed because I'll be posting the entire time I'm there. Because I'm going to go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge while I'm out there, too. Oh, oh yeah. have you got reservations? Yup. I got my cantina reservations. I got my lightsaber reservation. I am oh, ready. Dude. Yes. Dude. I want. Wait, are you going to build a droid while you're there? No. I, I, I thought about the droid thing, but it's 100 bucks, And I'm like, hmm. Come on, you're made of money. That thing's just going to catch dust on my <laughs> shelf. <laughs> I would totally build a droid and we'll my lightsaber we'll and see. the X-Wing. Well, I'll build my X-Wing Just as well. Build your X-Wing. My one-to-one scale X-Wing. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. I get swept up sometimes, so we'll see. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Look, it's so awesome. So we'll see. But I'm also, because um, D23 Expo, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with D23 Expo, it, earlier this year I was at Star Wars Celebration, which is kind of like the central official um, convention for Star Wars. Well, D23 is the central official Disney convention. And so, you know, because Disney owns everything, it's also the convention for Marvel. It's also the convention for ESPN and Star Wars and Disney parks and Disney movies and all everything that Disney owns. Um, so they're going to have quite a bit of, of amazing stuff. Um, Disney, since Disney now owns the Simpsons, they're going to have, you know, the Simpsons cast there. Um, doing a panel since Disney owns Marvel. They're going to have a big Marvel Studios presentation and um, they have some type of MCU talent meet and greet. They're going to have a Disney Legends ceremony where they will induct 
certain um, actors and singers and producers and stuff as uh, Disney legends. Folks like Bette Midler, Hans Zimmer, James Earl Jones, John Favreau, Robert Downey Jr. Um, will be there. So I'm really excited to check it out. I've never been. And, and on the uh, the front of Disney being smarter than uh, Warner Brothers, uh at release date, it will support PlayStation 4 for the app. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, D- Disney's going to be everywhere. Yeah. Disney, Disney's not stupid. They're going to yep. be everywhere. But, you know, I expect, you know, because Warner's rolling up into their HBO Max, and I would anticipate that when HBO Max goes live, they'll be everywhere as well. Yeah. And, you know, like there was an interview with Dan DiDio and Jim Lee this week where they were asked, you know, will, will, uh, uh, DC universe be rolled into the HBO Max app and they're like well it's too early to say but I don't see how they can't yeah I think they have to roll it up into HBO Max to be viable because with Disney coming out huge with their Hulu ESPN matchup everyone's gonna have to really bolt on the content uh, in order to be viable. Yeah, I got to say, you know, the, the the interview I read this week was very interesting. I, I think mm-hmm. we both read the same interview about, you know, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee being very upfront about the current state of the comic market and the, mm-hmm. the currently the speculator market that's causing a lot of the issues that we're seeing. Lots of first issues and variant covers are driving up sales, but not necessarily they're not translating to long-term sales, which is exactly well, it's not what translating to new readers, right? Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's speculation. We've seen what, what speculation does in the comics market and it's people buying multiple copies of the same book, as opposed to, you know, each sale equals a unique uh, customer. Yeah. And they're and, also, and they mentioned that digital sales weren't doing what they wanted. Yeah, either. They're, they're flat, yeah, they're which flat. I find very surprising. Yeah. So that they, they found that very disheartening and I do too. Um, so they're looking at the streaming model, you know, a, a subscription model, I should say. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, if, if for DC Universe to survive as an app, if they if they doubled the price, because I think it's, what, 10 bucks a month? If they doubled the price and it included all comics, new, new comics, comics as well. Yeah, new comics as well. Absolutely, I'd buy it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know that they're going to do that. But I think that's the only way that DC Universe subsi- um, survives as a separate app. Yeah, no, I, I think they've got to bundle in, and I, I think there is. I think ultimately there has to be a subscription service. To your point, that includes day and date new issue comics. Um, and you know, their day and date DC animated movies. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I, I've all, I've felt that way since digital comics first came out. That there has got to be a reasonable financial solution. You know, the the the, the idea of you know, paying a monthly fee for new content is is really, I think, the the future of, of, of digital. And they just got to figure out how to make that work. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If they – with the subscription services, if they even cut 25% off of my annual – off of my monthly – because we I, I do tend to buy more DC than Marvel. And yeah. I'd say I probably spend in DC-specific dollars – I'd say probably in the realm of fifty to sixty bucks a month. Mm-hmm. If if, well, they, you know, if they found a way to make that cheaper for me, absolutely, I'd be on that subscription service. And the reason, you know, part of the reason why comic books are so expensive is that there's so few people buying them. You know, the comics would be more affordable if you had you know anywhere near the same number of of uh, 
comic buyers as you did in the 80s, right? You know, that, that, that number of people who are buying comics continues to dwindle year over year. Yeah, especially when we get to digital now where the uh, the cost doesn't keep growing with each printing. Yeah. Like, even, even in print, it's cheaper the more you print. But in digital, all of the work comes up front, and then you only have the cost of serving the files up, and that's not that much these days. Yeah. Well, and particularly when you're a powerhouse like Disney, you know, I mean, the, the their ability to to have economies of scale really is going to drive down. Really, what you're paying for is the talent. And I, I, I truly believe that there is a solution there. Um, and the first person who does that it will dominate. Yeah, maybe it should be us. <laughs> <laughs> Funny books, a line of comics that no one reads. That's right. <laughs> Using Paul Aponte's money to uh, yeah to fund right. it. Paul Aponte's American Express. <laughs> as all long right. as I pay it off next month. Our com a Commodore sixty four will be our server. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, let's talk about some of these this week's new comic releases. And like I said, you know, we I do tend to buy more DC than Marvel, but we've got. A bit of both this week, uh, starting with Deceased, number four, um, uh-huh. and uh, under a gorgeous cover featuring Sergeant Rock that doesn't take place at all in the book. That, I got, that is my big beef with this book. <laughs> I bought this book. I mean, if if I was a dog, my tail would have been wagging. I uh, I was I was so excited with Sergeant Rock up front on the cover, and he appears nowhere in the book not even mentioned in the book it's yeah. just you know sergeant rock apropos of nothing appears on the cover yeah with a batman superman and wonder woman you know who have been converted to these zombies on the cover you know behind him well yeah you know superman and wonder woman aren't zombies in the book like no, nowhere in the book this this is like some art they had offhand <laughs> That yeah. they just threw them, or they're just like, "Hey, draw some DC characters as zombies." You know, draw yeah. whoever you want, and that's basically what this cover turned into. It's yeah, it's a beautiful cover, and it's a fantastic no, issue of this book. It is. I just was, I I I felt like I was sold Sergeant Rock, and uh, while I got a really good book, I got nothing like Sergeant Rock. No, yeah, but you know, lots continues to happen in deceased. Um, you know, there's. More char- some huge character deaths, uh, pun intended, uh, <laughs> um, as well as you know uh, some more heartwarming moments between Superman and his family and Alfred with uh, Damien, and uh, you know a startling ending that I, I feel like uh, I feel like it, you know they, I don't want to ruin too much because Wayne hasn't read it yet, but I, I think it's a it's a cliffhanger ending, but I think we we know how our characters will get out of it. Yeah, but I mean, it is it is very much act the end of Act Two, right? Yeah. For uh, for this series, and it it does leave you in a very dark, disturbing place. I got to tell you, one of the things that I really enjoyed about this book, and I feel like it's foreshadowing, is you know the uh, the uh, heroes are are all kind of mustering, and you know how what are we going to do? And Superman's going to go, well, I'm going to go off and take care of this, and they're like, you can't. If you get the virus, we're all fucked. Yeah. Right. And and he's like, well, I'll be fine. Like, oh, I'm coming with you. I mean, and, and you're like, yeah, if he gets the virus, he is fucked. Yeah. You know, and and 
Well, that's you know, kind it, of what happens in this book with Captain Adam. Captain Adam gets right. the virus. Yeah. And, uh, and we see I, how that happens. Yeah. I, and I, I just I, I really enjoy this book. I think it's very thoughtfully put together. I agree. You know, Superman does something very intelligent in this book. It's it, it's funny because it's not a dumb book. You know, it, no, it, 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 could, it could very much be a dumb book. But Tom Taylor takes a moment to explain how does Captain Adam, who's, a, you know, someone who, you know, has this like um, protective suit on him because he's made of nuclear energy. How does he get infected? Right. And, and, and it explains it in a way and, that is satisfactory and, to me. And that was wild, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really was. And, and you know, and just to, and again, no, no, no spoilers, but as someone who really doesn't care for the character of uh, uh, Victor Stone Cyborg, mm-hmm. uh, there is a wonderful panel oh, yeah. with, uh, with Cyborg in this book. And I'm like, holy shit, that's cool. Yeah. You know, uh, I, 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 I'm really digging this book. I'm going to be sad when it's over. One thing I have to give this book, I mean, I I haven't read this issue yet, but comparing this to Marvel Zombies, mm-hmm. Marvel Zombies had no emotional impact. It was played for a lot of comedy. There's a little bit of them kind of dealing with what they've become in some of the early yeah. ones, but it didn't deal with any of the things that I've seen in this book. The, the hard-hitting moments, the, the moments where you stop and think, man... That really would, you know, that would be rough on that character. Yeah. Like, you know, Superman finding Paw has turned in the last yeah. issue. Yeah. You know, it's Marvel Zombies was like this dark comedy book. And I enjoyed the first Marvel Zombies. Um, but I will say Deceased is basically, it is the DC crossover event that we will never actually see in continuity. Right. right, because it, it's it, yes, it's a zombie book, but it's really not. In fact, they even explain how it's not. Like this is a dark side anti life equation gone wrong on Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, involving all the superheroes and superheroes die and characters die and you know there's world, you know, worlds at stake. And that's what this book is. I mean, it's it's the crossover we're never going to see in continuity. And I love that DC committed to it. Um, I think there is a one shot they're doing that ties into it. Um, just like some side stories, but I think it's also written by Tom Taylor. I, yeah. you know, I will be sad to see the series end, but I also don't necessarily need deceased two and deceased three. You know, I, I want this to be a nice self-contained story. Um, so that's not bled to death just because it's successful. Well, I think you're going to get a deceased two and a deceased three. I'm sure <laughs> But I will love diminishing returns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, with ambush bug and uh, <laughs> Captain Carrot, yeah, Captain Carrot and Star and Jaro, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, also from DC this week, um, it's it, 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 it's a Tom twofer. We got Tom Taylor and Tom King, uh, Superman up in the sky issue two, reprinting those Walmart stories. Um, Tom King, Alan, uh, Adam, 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 Andy, I think it's Andy Cuber. Yeah. Or maybe it's Adam Kubert. Andy Kubert um, does the art on the book. One of those Kuberts. Yeah. <laughs> One of the Kubert brothers does the art on the book. It's Andy. I just double-checked. Um, and, you know, when we were trying to figure out what books we wanted to read together, this well, not together, but, you know, books that we, we all wanted to, to read so that we knew what we could talk about this week, I had already read Superman Up in the Sky, and I'm like, Wayne has to read this book. And so, Wayne, you read Superman Up in the Sky, and I'm very curious what your thoughts on it were. 
I absolutely love this book. Uh, I do wish there was something bigger than a tiny little part four to tell where one story ended and the other began, because I got a little confused at that point of, you know, is Superman hurt because of the fight we just saw or what? But it really I love those stories of, you know, showing Superman as this character that no matter what, no matter how beat up he is. He's not just his powers. He's a guy that is not going to fall. He's not going to give up. That determination is, you know, a big part of that character for me. And that first story in here really told that story. You know, it's Superman fighting a boxing match against some alien for, you know, for information about this missing girl. And they have the rules set in a way that he can't use most of his powers but he just won't fall. And that's Superman for me. And then the second story, the I didn't like the second story as much, uh, but I liked the that moment where he's, you know, he feels guilt for another person sacrificing themselves to save his life. Yeah. And I will say I loved this book. Um, I, you know, for the same reasons you did, Wayne, I, I enjoyed that it, it shows who Superman is and how he inspires people. My only concern with this book is that both stories are the same story. And I think that's part of why the second story may not have landed as hard as the first story, because they're the same story. It's Superman being Superman and an alien coming to coming to understand who Superman is and being inspired by it and sacrificing themselves, um, either in the first story by throwing the match or in the second story by literally sacrificing themselves. Well, he didn't really throw the match. He realized that he couldn't take Superman down and he was just saving himself some pain. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, he it wasn't like, oh, Superman's a great guy. I'm going to let him win because he, he's more noble than I am. He, you know, he, he was all about his agenda, but he realized that there was no way. There was no way he could outlast Superman. Yeah. Because beyond strength and endurance, Superman's uh, will was greater than his. And that because yeah. this this little girl is out there in the universe lost and alone, Superman was never going to stay down because he's the only one she has. Yeah. And I like that middle of the fight is common. There are limits. And Superman just looking at him and all busted up and says, are there? Yeah. I mean, Superman, it, it looks like uh, Rocky at the end of the first movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, he is just pounded into dough and, you know, you don't expect to see Superman beaten like that uh, by a guy who looks to be similar, similarly proportioned. Yeah. You know, he's not fighting doomsday here, but these guys are both super strong and both apparently have some level of invulnerability. And, you know, I, I, the, the thing that was hard for me to uh, to deal with in this is that having never seen this Mito guy before, I'm like, well, can he move continents? Because Superman can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking the speed thing. He talks about being faster. And it's like, is Superman holding back his speed, too? Because he can't use his flight. He can't use his vision. He can't use his breath or any of his other powers outside of strength and invulnerability, are they considering speed one of those other powers? Yeah, I could nitpick Probably. this story all day, 
but the fact of the matter is, is that it's it's a character story about Superman, right? It's yeah. it's telling you why Superman is the best of all the heroes, right? That you know he 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 won't be knocked down and stay down. Uh, whereas the second story, I think there is a difference between these two stories because uh, I. I, I'm not sure that the first story is a is necessarily about Mito's realization of Superman. It's more about us understanding why Superman won't stay down, right? Whereas I think the second story is very much about other people understanding the importance of Superman because of what he sacrifices for everybody else. And, you know, there's this wonderful conversation between the healer and his wife. And the important thing to note, and they establish this early on in the story is that every time this healer heals, he gives a little bit of his life force and Superman shows up, you know, uh, dead or at the brink of death. And, you know, without a serious intervention, he, he will die or stay dead. And the and the the healer's commander is like, no, you you've done enough here. You've sacrificed enough of your own life force. We don't know who this guy is. You know, uh, you're you're done. And, but they've made this psychic connection, and so he sees who Superman is, and he sees all the people Superman has saved. And he you know he's he's really struggling with. I think I've got to save this guy, even though it's going to mean my own death. And his wife is like. Why would you do that? And he goes, well, he saved all these other people. And she's like, but why would you do that? You know, you save other people. And he's like, he saved billions and he'll be needed again. Yeah. And that's that's what landed with me is he saved billions and he'll be needed again. And she's like, but has he saved us? Yes. Yes, he has. Yeah, that was the line I was about to mention. That one of he saved the galaxy. He saved the universe. Yeah, I, I, I really dug that. And then, you know, uh, the moment at the end, because they've been psychically connected, Superman understands what's happened and why he's alive now. And I love that the children did not vilify Superman, right? You know, the, 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 the healer's kids who are now, you know, their, their father has died, you know, saving Superman, uh, all embrace him because they understand what their father did and they understand that the essence of their father lives on in Superman. I just thought it was a beautiful story. I mean, it, la- it, landed, it landed hard with me. What makes it really sadder is when you think about it, probably all they had to do was put him around a yellow sun, <laughs> but they don't know. They don't know that they don't know who yeah. he is. They don't yeah. know what he is. Yeah. You know, nobody had to die. He just needed to be closer to a yellow sun, and yeah, he probably would have to, healed. They just need to put him in the Spock torpedo and shoot him off into the yeah. sun. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I thought it was a the, both the, the, these stories were really well told, well written, well drawn, emotional, oh, man. great the, stuff. The, the art is fantastic in these books. Yeah. It, it's surprising to me because you know we're, we've become so disheartened with Tom King on his Batman work. Yeah. Um, but and and it, it also surprising I, to me that this is a freaking Walmart book, right? The, these were written and drawn to be released at Walmart, and they're they're so well done. This is not something that I would give to a five year old in a Walmart, you know. Yeah, but yeah, you know, when, no, it, when you look at that first one, the you know how messed up he gets in the fight yeah. for being a Walmart book. Well, and the the thing that I find interesting about it is I I think that Tom King really. Uh, nails the job because these books are really sort of introductions to Superman. Who yeah. is this character? Why is mm-hmm. he important? Why is he the best of all of us? Agreed. This is why, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, 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 
because these, you know, each one of these books is two of the Walmart stories, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how well that lands getting just one of those stories and whether or not you're going to pick up that next issue or not, because it seems sort of random whether or not you find it at Walmart. Yeah. Um, but I love that they're releasing it to us because I'm not going to go to Walmart and pick up these books. I tried, but you know, it's really, yep. you know, Walmart's so inconsistent. So I'm, yeah. I'm thankful that they're releasing these books. I am genuinely enjoying this one and Batman universe and yeah. uh, I'm, yeah. I'm on board. I and I always love ones. Go ahead, Wayne. The only one of these I have physically is the Lois Lane, the mini deaths of Lois Lane one. Oh, that's the next issue, I think, in, I as far as published find, these issues. Yeah. I couldn't find that at Walmart. I went for it. I looked for it. I got that one in an auction in Metropolis was how I got it. Uh-huh. Well, I always love these Superman deep space stories. Mm. Like one of my favorites is when George Perez was was writing and drawing the book, and it was an action comics. Mongol. And you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I I, I I love those stories. You know, Gladiator Superman. Oh fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll see. You know? Maybe we'll see an appearance of Gladiator Superman since he's out in deep space. I, I, I love that imagery because like... Mike Mignola, I think, drew some of that stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great stuff. Great stuff. I did feel like the uh, the cover, you know, with boxing Superman mm-hmm. felt maybe like it was a little homage to the Ali Superman book. I thought so, too. Uh, I, I felt that way about the, the entire first story, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Which I love. So, yeah, no, ditto. Ditto. I, I it's just really, really a very good book and a book that we're not going to talk about this week because, you know, we didn't have, really have anything new to say. But Lois Lane number two came out this week. Mm-hmm. I got to say, Paul, I think the Lois Lane book may be my favorite book being published right now. It's fantastic. You know, much like this, it goes to the heart of the character and who they are. And it tells a story of the character that feels right. You know, I love that how badass Lois Lane is. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, you know, but still human and, you know, uh, fraught with human frailties. Um, but there is that, and, and I, you know, I, I said before that, you know, before we started recording, I don't think I got anything new to say about Lois Lane, but, yeah, uh, there is one of the, one of the, uh, the stories rolling around in the book is that she is seen kissing Superman and a very Roman, not like a friendly kiss, but a very romantic arms around his neck, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, deep, lovely, romantic kiss. And so she is being vilified across the media as, you know, this slut who's trying to seduce Superman, who's cheating on her husband, Clark Kent, yada, yada. And they deal with how do you deal with, you know, Clark is, is talking to her about how do you deal with this? And I, I love that they're tackling that and that, yeah, it gets under her skin that it bothers her, but she plows forward, that she is she is just such a strong character. I had no idea I was going to enjoy a Lois Lane book as much as I'm enjoying. Yeah, I, I will say, you know, at the, the, the only thing I have to say about it is that when they did away with the Superman family book, basically, you mm-hmm. know, the, the Pete yeah. Tomasi, Dan Jurgens runs on the title we were we were very upset and don't get me wrong i haven't necessarily been turned around on the the actual superman book um by bendis and ivan rice i'm enjoying it don't get me wrong but it's not but the stuff that's going on in action comics and now this lois lane book it kind of shows me like yeah as much as i loved that superman family Uh seeing strong reporter lois lane yeah, is is yeah. is something that you know that I I do miss in that character because that, well, that's something not, that we didn't get then. 
Yeah, she's not mom jeans Lois Lane anymore. Yeah. You know, and that is that was my only criticism about the Jurgens book is that it that Lois and I, and I don't I think you can be maternal and still be a badass. And I don't feel like Jurgens had that take on Lois Lane that Pizza she was almost crept like, in it sometimes, but it was only Lois Lane as a related to Superman. And I think what yeah, I liked well, about it, this book is that it, it is a Lois Lane book. Well, it was straight up Lois Lane mom, right? Yeah. I mean, even though she was still writing a novel and doing some investigative reporting, that all seemed very secondary. And it, and I like that Lois is really leaning in uh, to this part of her character, and I love how strong she is. I am disappointed that we don't have a younger Jonathan, right? And yeah. I am disappointed that we, we're not getting – almost any Superman family right now because the minute Jonathan got home, Jonathan went back to deep space. Yeah. And so well, I feel and like now it's a we're, lot we're not dealing with. Yeah. And, and honestly, the, the, the Jonathan aging thing, you know, the, 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 the true, the, the plan is revealed that obviously they're, they're setting up that Legion of superheroes book, the Superboy and Legion of superheroes. So he's basically about to go off again. You know, and and kind of do that Legion of Superheroes book, which I'm interested. You know, I'll check yeah, it no, out. Ditto. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, I, 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 Lois Lane wasn't on the agenda. <laughs> Sorry for the deviation. <laughs> so um, from Marvel Comics, speaking of strong female characters, uh, House of X number two is... You know, kind of takes a, a a step away from the 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 present day that we had in House of X number one, and tells the 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 history or the many lives of Moira McTaggart, and it's it's a very heady book, um, you know, going through it. But I thought this book was amazing. Yeah, this book was fantastic. Many many layers. I hated it. Oh no! Why'd you hate it, Wayne? <laughs> I hated the concept. I hated the idea of Moria being a mutant. She was the, throughout the history of the X-Men book, she has been the one really strong human character that's been a part of the books, been the uh, the researcher, the one human who got the legacy virus, although now she's a mutant, so that isn't really that big of a deal that you know she got it. It's It just kind of really undercut the character for me. And I didn't like the the universes that were her various times living through the same life either. See, I, I genuinely liked that. Yeah, I, everything that you disliked, I loved. Uh, I, 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 I loved that her mutant power isn't really a, a power that you can employ other than you've learned from your last life. And so you're, you're, she's figuring out – and it's not like she's being reincarnated into a brand new person – it's resetting time, right? Which so I she's found living. interesting. Like that makes yeah, her no, so I, powerful in time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's so interesting that she it, it gives her the opportunity to try these different things to solve these various problems. But of course, uh, I forget the the villain's name. The um, destiny. The, destiny. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, who I haven't seen in comics in forever. Um, you know, she she communicates, you know, you've got 10, maybe 11 lives, depending on how you uh, make some choices. <laughs> and I mean, I thought that was fascinating. I also the scene where uh, <laughs> where uh, Pyro kills her is, yeah. you know, you know, burn her slow so that she remembers this. 
holy shit. <laughs> See, I, it would have been interesting if they would have made this whole House of Ten thing be the next life of her. You know, instead yeah. of being this is just what's coming next with X-Men, if it would have been the universe we saw was the last life and now this is the next life to explain all of the drastic differences. But they didn't do that either. No. Well, but you never know. We may see some more of that in future issues. We're early in. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely like this book. Yeah. I, I did too. I, I thought it was clever. I thought it was beautifully drawn. Uh, the I art is amazing. Sure, you know, Absolutely. Yeah, the art is amazing. You yeah. know, I, it was funny. Definitely the art was very good. The the first page, I, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to think about this. And then it just sucked me in. I mean, I was completely drawn into this book by the second page. Yeah. I was like, oh, what's what's happening here? Yeah. And, you know, but once you catch on and yeah. it's I, – I, well, I, I understand why you didn't like it, Wayne. I actually – I liked the retcon of Moira McTaggart. I thought it was mm-hmm. uh, just beautifully told. Yeah, and I think – yeah, I will say I, after having gone through this book, uh, it's not a bad book from a purely critical – the art is really good. The story is very well told. I'm putting this in the category of this is not for me. This is, you know, it is a good book for people that are starting new that don't have such an attachment to what the X-Men had been leading right up to this. Yeah, so, and I agree. I, I think that I think that the reason why I embraced it so so tightly is I don't have the investment in the X-Men that you do. You know, I haven't read an X an X Men book on the regular in years, and this is a really nice uh, kind of welcome back for me. Yeah. This may be a case of like Tim hated the Jane Foster Thor, and I really like those stories. I wasn't invested in Thor before that. Yeah, I think yeah. this may be another case of that. I was invested in X Men, reading it all the way up until this, and you know, you guys weren't so. Yeah easier for you to jump on board and I'm it's my own hangups I can tell it is a very well written story it is very good the art is incredible my not liking it is like I said it's just a I'm able to tell this is a not from me book versus a bad book yeah well you know maybe it'll turn around for you hopefully yep. um, but, I mean, I'm looking on the to other hand for on the other hand, we're going to be talking about a bad book in a minute. Yeah, I mean, the only book I hated, the only book I read this week that I genuinely did not enjoy was Agents of Atlas number one um, from uh, in, uh, Greg Pak and uh, Jeff Parker does a backup story. And let me preface this by saying, oh, so the art is uh, Nico Leon on the main story. Um, let me preface this by saying I actually like the Jeff Parker stuff. Uh, Jeff Parker and Carlo uh, P- Pagulayan. Um, who... The uh, the backup story? Yeah, the backup story. Because I really like the backup story. Yeah, the backup story is the Agents of Atlas characters that I like with Jimmy Woo and Gorilla Man and 3D Man and Siren or Venus and the Uranian um, and um, what's uh, Namora and M11. Like, I believe that's Namorita. Namor. Well, is it, is it Namora? Namora? No, you're right. Yeah. You're Namora. Yeah. Namorita is the one that was on uh, Warriors, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The new Warriors. Yep. Um, so, you know, that is very much the Agents of Atlas written and drawn like the book that I used to read and love by Jeff Parker. 
the lead story by Greg Pak is, you know, is very different. It's and don't get me wrong, I, I I get what he's doing. He's basically collecting all of the Korean or of uh, or Korean American characters in the Marvel universe to tell you know the, this young Agents of Atlas, almost like um, almost like the Champions book, right, with the the young superheroes. Uh, but this is all specifically Korean and Korean American characters. I still hated the story. I yeah. hated the story. Well, I hated the art. Can I the can I tell best? you why I didn't read this book? Why? I okay. bought the book. I, I, I bought the book. I, and last night after I read you know all my other books, I was like, okay, well, let's read Agents of Atlas now. And I flipped open the first page, and I was like, why is Changeling, also known as Beast Boy, in my uh, Agents of Atlas book? And I closed it. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, that, that, I, I just I couldn't do it. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. My first and, thought was uh, Hulkling from the Young Avengers. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I don't read. I, I did not read the Amadeus Cho. You know, rat, Radical Hulk or whatever it was. Uh, you know, totally rat, totally yeah, awesome. That's right. Hulk. Yeah, totally awesome yeah. Hulk. Yeah, uh, I didn't read that book. Um, I, 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 but I that, that's who it looked like to me. It looked like Beast Boy. And I was like, no, thank you. I, I just skipped yeah. to the second story. The second story, I feel like you can read um, mm-hmm. regardless of and, without the first story. And like yourself, I love the original agents or the original the agents that Jeff Parker did. Yeah. Right. So uh, my big problem with this one for the first story, I like some of these characters, not in this book, but <laughs> this story is bland. Yeah. The story is incredibly bland. The characters yeah. come off as bland. They're not – it doesn't feel like these are the characters I've read elsewhere. They are just flat, generic superheroes that you could replace with any teen superhero. Yeah. There's no real characterization. There's nothing deep about any of the characters. The story is bland. The characters are bland. That's its biggest crime is it just didn't make me care even slightly about anything going on. Until the backup story. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't read this book, right? But I have thumbed through and looked at the art. And the, uh, I, I think it's a big mistake to put two such very different books that are really only tied together by the title, right? Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Woo makes an appearance in the first story because he's, he, I guess he's funding this, the, the younger uh-huh. team, but that's yeah. about it. There's a bigger story going on about the dragons. Yeah. I just and think it's a mistake going to tie them together. There's so much texture in the second story. And again, in terms of visual storytelling that isn't present in the earlier story. Uh, I think it's a mistake because I, I kind of look at the two and I'm like, you know, you, you've already turned me off with with Beast Boy being in the lineup. <laughs> and then you, you look back and wow, you know, this artwork over here back in the second story is amazing. The the stuff in the in the first story seems very two dimensional. I don't disagree. It, yeah, it looks like a color form set. If anybody remembers what a color form yes. set is. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean the art just doesn't connect with me. Like I, I just I genuinely didn't find anything in this book that I liked. Um in that first story. The second right. story, lots of fun. Um and but so I will say when the book is on sale for ninety nine cents, yeah. I will pick up I I will pick it up so that I can read the second story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not paying another full price for the book. No, hell no. Well, it's sad. 
I said, because I do dearly love the Parker Agents of Atlas run. I do, too. And I wish they had just done that book. Yeah. Well, agreed. One other book I read from Marvel this week is Absolute Carnage. And I just wanted to say a couple words on it because um, I just I thought that was Absolute Carnegie Hall. (laughs) That's next week. Um, So Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. uh, This is the the big carnage related crossover. And um, I picked it up because I love Maximum Carnage. You know, that that's a story that I very much remember fondly from the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. You know, art by Ron Lim, and you know a lot of a lot of fun stuff. And 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 Mark Bagley, I think, was also one of the artists on that. Um, so I loved that stuff. And I'm out of the Carnage loop, so there's a, a, a couple things in here that I don't quite understand um, as to the current state of some of the characters. And I think a lot of it's coming out of that Venom book that I'm not reading by Donny Cates. I, I read the first couple of issues and enjoyed it, but just didn't stick with it. Yeah. Um, but I. I really liked this first issue. It's expensive, which is which was a turnoff, but I, I did pick it up. But it's one of those director's cut books. Um, so, for just to let you guys know, yeah, it, it, it's I think it's seven ninety nine, but it is three hundred and eight digital pages. Yikes! Because um, it's wow, script. That's a big ass book. Yeah, it's script inks. Every variant cover with script, with, with inks and, you know, and, and pencils and, and and the book itself, you know, the main story, um, you know, the original content is is 60 pages worth. Yeah. Um, even before you get to the variant covers and the script pages and the variant, you know, and the pencils and all the, you know, the, the various stuff that they have in here. Um, so it's well worth the, the, the cost. And the art by Ryan Stegman is gorgeous absolutely gorgeous they they did say something along the lines of you know there was a a lot of prep six months of prep went into this book um and and it shows that the art is is genuinely beautiful um and i i'm enjoying the story it's it's spider-man teaming up with venom and you know carnage is basically so they've established this character called null k-n-u-l-l um that's apparently like the god of the symbiotes and that has been trapped for eons in a planet made up of of symbiotes they've like they've imprisoned him well apparently they carnage has discovered that if you combine all the different symbiotes or when when a symbiote takes over a host they leave a little speck behind in every in every host that they've had um and that's how they it's just how they reproduce and things like that and so every character that's ever had a symbiote has that little speck in them. So Carnage is, is hunting down all of those specks, even from corpses of, of people who have died, and getting those specks together be, to communicate with the home world of the symbiotes. And so, um, you know, it, it, like this book very much involves Norman Osborn, who has recently read, I think, The Red Devil or whatever, um, when he had the Carnage symbiote. Um, there's a, a lot going on, a lot of action. Um, and I just I I found a lot to enjoy in this book, and I will be picking up issue two to see where the story goes. I I, I oh and just a, one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up is that the maker um, has a pretty significant appearance in this book. The the Reed Richards from the alternate planet, yeah, the alternate world. I don't know what his involvement normally is in the Venom book, but he he has a pretty significant role in this book. So he's very much not Charles Xavier. <laughs> I wasn't sure if he was actually still around after uh, the last Secret War thing. So it is interesting to see him around with that, knowing his design is so much like Xavier's. 
yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 I I it's, I think it's a well told book. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, seven ninety nine is obviously a lot to swallow for a maybe book, so you may want to wait till yeah. it's on sale or till the non director's cut comes out. Um, but yeah. it's good stuff. Yikes! Well, Paul, yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, speaking of Marvel crossovers. Um, you and I stopped reading War of the Realms pretty early in its run, but the That's trade correct. paperback comes out next week, and so you can have all six issues that were normally four ninety nine each for the low price of ten ninety nine for the entire. Or you six can issue. wait. You can wait a couple of months and get it for even less. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Powers of Ten issue two comes out. You know, we're alternating weeks on that book. Uh, Invaders number eight, which we're we're enjoying that Chip Zdarsky Butch Geist book. Uh, also from Marvel, um, Immortal Hulk Director's Cut, issue one of six. Uh, so they're, I guess, re-releasing, I don't know if it's the first six issues of the book or what, uh, as Director's Cuts. I've not read Immortal Hulk, but I know a lot of people really love that book. Immortal Hulk's a good book. I've been picking it up in trade. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, one of our readers recommended it to me, or one of our listeners recommended it to me, and uh, I have been reading it since. I'm, I'm, I'm digging the book a lot. Hmm. Well, and also from Marvel, Conan the Barbarian Exodus comes out. And I am way behind on my Conan. Oh, man, uh, I am too. But this book is a, it's a, it's a, a miniseries written and drawn by Esad Ribic. Um, and I love me some Esad Ribic art. So I, I may be picking this up since it's its own thing. Sounds good. Uh, from DC Comics, we have Event Leviathan, issue three, and Batman Universe, issue two. And finally, a book that I'm. I've been wanting to check out for a while from Kieran Gillen and Dan Mora. Um, Once and Future, number one, from Boom Studios, is kind of a modern take on the Arthurian myth. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm very interested in it because I, I love Kieran Gillen. He does a lot of research into his stories. So I'm, I'm hoping it's good. I'm, I'm going to check it out. Excellent. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you think about this week's books, this week's podcast, Disagree with Wayne. We always love to hear those kinds of comments. Give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media at... uh at IOMGeek on Instagram, IOMGeek on Facebook, and at Ideology Madness on Twitter. All right. Well, excellent, guys. It was it was a delight, a delight, talking to you guys today. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I oversold it. I oversold it. Yeah, so. just a little bit. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Out. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.